This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on back. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. Come on by and see us. We're in Draper, although they have two locations. They have one in Sugar House as well. But we're at the one at 121 East, 123rd South, pretty much just east of the freeway off 123rd South, right next to the Goodwood Barbecue and the Cubbies. You'll see the Zone van right out front. Easy to get to. They've got great uh, Zone specials going right now. $25 for cryotherapy, $75 for the IV drip, $49 for hyperbaric oxygen treatment. So come check them out. Find out how you can uh, feel a little bit better. 121 East, 123rd South, or maybe even a lot better. Sounds good to me. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily. Uh, checking in on the baseball game, which is going on right now, Gordon. Uh, the Astros have a 2 nothing lead over the Yankees. They're in the top of the fifth. There's one out, but they just resumed play after the home plate umpire took a uh, I guess a foul ball yes. into the chest and uh, they had to go to the hospital. And- yeah, that was scary. I mean, that's uh, those guys put themselves. I'm, really, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. Too. I am too. That was kind of my first thought because they're they're back there and you see some of those foul balls. I mean, they're they're coming. So now they're going to switch the umpires around and they're going to leave one section of the field un. Umpired. No left field um, field umpire, I guess. And the guy from second base went uh, to behind the plate. And this is something that uh, umpires, Austin can probably speak to this. He has umpire training that, uh, you know, under, in a lot of circumstances, umpires don't have a full set of, of, uh, of colleagues, uh, you know, uh, uh, refereeing, if that's officiating games, and so they make do with what they have, a smaller number, and uh, I'm sure they can handle this, right? Umpires wouldn't make any mistakes. Never. No. Nor would NFL referees. How common? Unless you watch uh, Monday Night Football. How common? Oh, yeah, nice. Nice, yes. Austin, how often does this kind of thing happen? Uh, you know, it happens from time to time. That gear is pretty protective, but when you're talking 98-mile pitch, off of a bat that turns into 130 plus and it hits you in the face, you're going to be dazed. You're going to be out for a little while. Yeah, you would think so. All right, let's uh, switch gears and talk a little college football. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you, making his weekly appearance on the show, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum on the big show. What's up, Tanner? How are you? Good. What's up, guys? Hey, just, just wanted to offer my opinion i saw something earlier this season in minor league baseball they had a uh, a computer umpire calling the uh, calling the strikes and, and uh it was yeah, it was actually pretty cool pretty cool so could could be seeing that in the near future hmm. you know i i may be in the minority on this and i know that uh, the calls in the nfl are are a big deal today and i know that that technology exists for baseball but i even though we complain about calls all the time, I like the human element of refereeing. In fact, I'd like to get rid of replay. Let's just go on with the ref's call and move like, on, and like move on with our lives. Games are way too long, and the replay doesn't guarantee they're yes. going to get it right anyway. That is true. So let's just let's go with their call and move on with our lives. Uh, but the problem with that is in this day and age, now that the, there is so much uh, – 
area for people to contribute to the discussion that people would go berserk if a bad call happened and there was no recourse. They're going berserk now. I know, but it would be even worse because you know, how many times, Tanner, in your career, I mean, I don't know what percentage uh, of uh, plays you saw where a flag was either reversed or or, uh, changed in some way or another. You know, it happens sometimes, but if there was no recourse, then I, I think people would lose their minds. I agree. And I think with today's, Technology, I think, I think you got to take advantage of it. I see your point about having remaining, you know, keeping a human element involved. But at the same time, I, I kind of support getting it as as correct as you can. Yes, of course, there's still error, but with the help of technology, it makes it a little bit better. Tanner, we uh, we certainly can get into the the gloom and doom of what a loss to uh, South Florida means for BYU, but I want to start with the quarterback specifically with you. That, of course, is your expertise. And I thought that uh, I thought Jaron Hall played pretty well until he had to leave the game, unfortunately. And I thought Baylor Romney. Now he didn't, you know, get the game winning play, but I I actually thought he looked pretty well, uh, pretty good as well. No, I, I I'm totally with you, and I, I think most people who watch the game would agree with you that Jaron did a great job stepping in and making plays. You know, it kind of took a while for them to get rolling and to kind of find some momentum, but it all came with his legs. Once he started getting creative and, and creating plays and, and extending plays, and, and, and you know, honestly, I feel like he could have ran all over them had he, had he chosen to, or had the coaches maybe implemented a little bit more uh, of that into, into the offense. I think he could have who knows, ran for, you know, 100-plus. But he did a good job. He, he, he managed the game well. He did well. And then, and then like, like you said, Baylor, I was surprised. I, was, I, I didn't expect him to come in. I, I didn't even know he was the third string. And I think the commentators alluded to that as well, that on the depth chart, Joe Critchlow was listed third, but then Baylor came in and, and to his credit, marched the team down the field. And, and I, I don't – put that entire uh, ending of that drive on him. I think a lot of that came down to some of the play calling, and they, they kind of got away from what they did that got them down there to that point. They drove down the field, Baylor made some good reads, some good throws, but then once they got down to the red zone, kind of got away from that, and I think that's that's partly, you know, that's, that's a, a team effort there. But overall, quarterback play was not tragic. But the game overall, the loss itself was. And I think that's a lot of that comes down to other factors. But as far as the quarterback play, I, I think, you know, it's, it's especially from a second and third stringer, you know, not, not a lot more you can ask for from those guys. Tanner, if you had seen the first quarter uh, and then had been informed after that quarter that BYU was going to lose that game, you probably wouldn't have believed it. Uh, I wouldn't have. Uh, and the way South Florida was able to run the ball against BYU, man, what can be done about that halfway through the season? Well, I, I, you know, this, I think it's the same tale of the tape versus Toledo and USF. If you, if you look at the tape, if you look at the personnel, you watch the first quarter, you look at the, uh, the talent differential, you look at just even, the, even the size and how the game starts, man, you'd think BYU would just be able to just completely dominate and manhandle the opponent. And, and we, we would like to think so with all that, uh, you know, with all the high hopes that we have going into every season, one would hope 
that we could take down opponents like this, especially these you know these opponents who rank towards the very bottom. Um, but I guess when you look at the stats, our defense ranks towards the very bottom. You know, our, our rushing uh, yards per game is, is 123rd, and it's it's killing us. We're just getting gashed. And and it's tough. It's a combination of things. I, I, a lot of it is injuries. You look at the guys who are playing in in uh, in the game. It's guys who haven't played much defense at all. Uh, it's guys who switched over from offense. Guys who are just getting familiar with these new positions. You don't really know exactly what they're doing. And and in the end, we ended up looking outmatched. But towards the you know towards the uh, at the start, it didn't look that way. But then, man, it just it, it it got to the point where it was, it was almost embarrassing how easily USF was running over the BYU defense. Is this kind of a surprising development to you? Because I I think you hit the nail right on the head, Tanner, and and stopping the run. Gordon and I talked about it a lot. I mean, it's hard to win football games when you just get run over, and that's what that's what happened there in the second half. But is this a, a surprise to you? Because some of those BYU uh, teams you were on were incredibly stout up front and incredibly good against the run. Going back to the Broncos teams, stout up front, good against the run. I'm surprised because I'm not used to seeing BYU get run over. I'm I'm just as surprised as as you are. And and I I would say most of Cougar Nation feels the same way. But, man, it's, you know, whatever it comes down to, it just can't happen. You know, with with the – well, with you know, with with the goals that this program has, with the direction that this program wants to go, uh, losses like this hurt a program. It, it affects recruiting, it affects um, confidence of the players, it affects the energy and enthusiasm of the players. Of, of course, you know, guys are going to rally each other up and they're going to really fight to, to to bounce back. But there's no, you know, it's it, it's tough to deal with a loss like this. And and then so I don't know what it is I don't I, you know I don't have the silver bullet I, you know I'm not a, a defensive coordinator but it, it comes a lot of it comes down to, to tackling as well you know a lot of a lot of missed tackles and then not creating any pressure and you look at the difference you look at USF's defense um, the, the the tackles for loss the six sacks they had on Jaron and then on BYU side completely the opposite no tackles for loss. No sacks, or maybe maybe one tackle for loss. No sacks, just completely lacking in pressure, and and that's not what BYU is about. And, and those defenses you mentioned with Bronco, and even in 2016 when the, our, our our defense was was pretty stout, we created uh, BYU created pressure, and and it, it it was solid in tackling. But then yeah, these these past few games, you know, this three game losing streak go on. I think that defense has been exposed, and and it's led to three really tough losses against Washington, maybe a little bit understandable, but Toledo and USF, that's, those are, those are hard ones to bounce back from. What did you think Tanner about uh, Kalani Sataki's reaction to uh, the loss? He essentially pointed the finger at himself, said the coaches need to, to do a better job, that he needs to do a better job. Do the players buy into that? They know where they screwed up, right? I mean, or is that a good move on his part to motivate those players to so he doesn't lose them, so they'll stay attached to him, that they'll fight for him? I think that's exactly what it is. I think you know it's it's a it's it's a great PR move, and he, he's done that a lot. He's, he's done that before, and in other losses, and he. he you know he cares about his players and wants doesn't want to you know no coach I don't think any coach is going to put the blame on their players no coach yeah I mean, you know maybe some might but I'd say the vast majority are going to take the blame 
upon themselves, but I think it goes both ways. The players will say the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good for press. It's good for the PR. But when it comes down to it, the bottom line is there's, there's a disconnect between the coaches and the players. There's frustration between the two groups. And when, when, when the going gets tough, sometimes fingers start getting pointed. Sometimes blame gets tossed around. And maybe it's not all the way public. It might just be between a few people here and there. But this, this is a frustrating time. You know, to, to be two and four at this point, backs up against the wall. You know, odds to, you know, to, to be able to make, to make it to a bowl now, they're going to really have to you know, step it up. And this isn't a fun place to be. And, and not where they expect it to be. And so I think there's going to be frustration both ways. Coaches are going to take the blame and understand that they can coach better. Players are going to understand that they got to play better as well. But, you know, either way, it's, it's, it's not exactly the happiest of times in those locker rooms and those, those team meetings. Tanner Mangum with us on the big show, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you mentioned getting bowl eligible and just looking at that pathway, uh, Tanner. You, you see the... In November, you've got Liberty, Idaho State, and, and at UMass. And I would think those are all very, very winnable games, regardless. BYU should be heavily favored. But the other three, now to get bowl eligible, they'd have to win one of these. Uh, to get to seven wins, obviously, they'd have to win two. You're looking at Boise State this Saturday, uh, then November 2nd at Utah State, and then finishing out the season at San Diego State. Just how much, uh, I mean, how hard is that road going to be? extremely hard and extremely unlikely to be able to beat Boise State, Utah State, and San Diego State. That's going to be tough, especially if, uh, you know, if, if these, these injuries loom and backups are playing and, and, and if things continue the way they're going, if the defense continues, continues to get gashed, that's going to be hard to beat, to beat those teams. You know, I, I, Boise State is a, is a great team and, and that's, going to be, that's going to be a tough one to win in Utah State. The, the stride that they've taken these past couple of years, the program that they've built, it's a hard road. And and I, I think, you know, the, like you mentioned, the Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, they, 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 they have to win those games. And I think you would think that they could pull those off. But, man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for, for BYU to uh, to be able to make make this bowl game. And, and, and I think then that, that that's going to raise a lot of questions. You know, what's going to happen? What's the future of the program? What's what's administration going to be thinking? You know, what what are the, what's the coaching situation going to look like? There's going to be some, you know, some hard questions to answer. And, and but I think it's necessary. I think it's going to be important to take a good hard look at the mirror, the administration, coaches, players themselves, to look in the mirror and think, okay, like what do we need to do? What do we need to change? Because this is not acceptable. This is not what we want to be. This is not where the program needs to be headed. And so I think this is going to be uh, one of those eye-opening seasons that's going to you know, create a lot of conversation. All right, Tanner, I have, I have a, a small solution or at least a little something that they can do uh, that would help. And I, I would think that would be getting Gordon on board to coach the quarterbacks because if you listen to him, he could really spin it back in the day. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I don't know if I could uh, – man – I would actually would love to see that though. That'd be that'd be actually actually a fun little maybe like a marketing gimmick. Get some of the local reporters, local media, to go in to uh, to local teams, to BYU, Utah, Utah State, and spend uh, a few days working as a position coach. 
breaking down film, going through drills in the practice field. That that, that could be that could be fun to watch. What do you think, Gordon? I, I think you can make an impact. I think I'm far too optimistic a person. I'd probably oh. talk happy talk the whole time and <laughs> not really face the real issues. The first thing I would say is, look, I didn't recruit any of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens. Coaches say that when they come into a new program. <laughs> oh, that's pretty brutal. That is pretty brutal. I would admit, man, that, that's tough. Tanner, you know some of the guys on this team. Uh, without mentioning anybody by name, how miserable? What's the misery index from zero being completely happy and ten being just horribly, horribly distressed? Where, where what number would you put in? I, that I right mean, uh, everyone's different. Everyone handles the situation different. But I'd say it's close to an eight or nine. I, I know guys are frustrated. I know guys are really upset and disappointed with how the season has gone, and and, and just thinking about what could have been, what might have been. Um, you know, thoughts, you, you just you start to you know it, it creates some bickering, it creates some some inner frustration and some some frustration amongst amongst the groups. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, some some fingers start to get pointed, and but you know, it's, at the same time though, they're get, they're going to keep working. They're you know they, they know what they have up against them. They know they have a tough road, and they've really got to buckle down. Um, you know, nothing, nothing that any of us say, or any, any former player says, or former you know. Uh, uh, an analyst, no matter what anyone says, they know what they have to do. But, like I said before, they're not exactly happy. And that misery index, i say, is, is pretty high. Tanner, thank you very much, as always. We look forward to our conversations each and every week. Keep up, keep up the good work, man. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks, Tanner. All right, there was uh, Tanner Mangum. We'll get that conversation up at 1280thezone.com and wherever you find uh, podcasts. Always enlightening talking to Tanner. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.